and welcome to Write the Omnibus. I'm your host, Ariel Basca, and I'm pleased to present this interview with Yuli Gerbasse, the director of The Pink Cloud, a brilliant Brazilian sci-fi film. I absolutely adore your film. I watched this film originally at Sundance, and then this week as well. And I really love how your film speaks to so many realities within the pandemic, even though it was filmed so long before it happened. And first of all, what does it feel like to see the future? Yes, it's I have a second career now. If you want, we can schedule a meeting where I can tell your future. <laughs> I love it. You have a great future in palmistry. One of the things that I think is so incredibly human about the drama within watching The Pink Cloud now, one of the most exciting things is watching it, watching the hope and the optimism that the characters are experiencing and the feeling of dread inside as you know exactly what's going to happen. And just that confluence of feelings, I think, makes it a much more complex film based on where we are now. And so I wondered for you, in the process of making this film, how much futurism and thinking about the future and all of the fallout, what was your process as far as trying to brainstorm all of these different eventualities? Yeah, so I was writing the, the script and at the same time reading and watching films that had characters in confinement against their will. So I was like analyzing things that they have in common. One reference was, one film that I was analyzing was The Exterminating Angel by Bunuel. And I was finding things in common between them, you know. For example, the feeling of maybe liking to be isolated and in lockdown and in a situation where you can't get in because if you can't get out, sorry, get out, because if you can't get out, it means then you are free from your former obligations, you know, from your former routine. So I was playing with the concept of what emotions, what reactions they could have with this pink cloud. And for me, it was very important that they had different reactions so I could have conflict. And how would Giovanna feel and Iago feel and what are their differences in the way that they think uh, or the differences between the things that they want in life. And that creates conflict and it makes you relate some days. I related during my pandemic, one day I related to Giovanna and other day to Iago, so <laughs> it depends. And how difficult was it to cast two people who have to go through all these different phases mm -hmm. of experience in their life cycle within the film? How hard was it to figure out how to cast that? So Eduardo this did my first short film ever when I was 19 in, in college. Uh, Renata had worked with me too, and they have worked together in theater plays and movies. So we all had a strong connection and we all trusted, you know, each other. And that was very important because they knew that 90% of the film was them on screen. And they knew it was a, a big responsibility and they gave, Oh, they had, and, and it was amazing. So we did rehearsals. We talked a lot about characters and, and the film. And it was funny that one day Eduardo said, like, why are we rehearsing so much, Julie? Are you anxious about the film? And Renata was like, what? We are not rehearsing enough. 
we should rehearse more. So, you know, even that, and it's already something that you could relate to Giovanna and Iago, that, that mindset. So it was, it was funny to see. And since I wrote the film already thinking about them, there are some similarities about their personalities that are on the characters. That's incredible. And I have to ask, as far as filming goes, what kind of freedom did you have within your filming setup at the time that you wouldn't have had if you had filmed it just a little bit later? Yes, like I'm glad we shot before COVID because I did a post-production during the pandemic and it's so much harder and less intimate and less fun to do things online, you know, and remotely. So yes, the, the shooting with, it was 2019, so it was without masks. And I'm glad it was. I think... You know, cinema is a group effort and uh, we knew like when we were calling people like to, to be part of the crew, we wanted people who were talented and uh, professionals, but also nice people, you know, because we shot in a real apartment, it was not a studio. So we didn't want anything, anyone who would be always in a bad mood or screaming or, you know, being angry. So we're like, okay, let's, you know, make this set the, the best vibe that, that we can. <laughs> Is there one part of the film that affects you now in a way you didn't expect at the time when you recorded it? Like, is there one part that for you makes it more meaningful? I think maybe Jan's relationship with his father, because I have friends, it's not my situation, but I have friends who had fathers who had, you know, who are in a, worse health situation and it was that desperation of like I want to visit him but I may give him COVID so it was a terrible uh, situation for everyone who had you know relatives or friends who were sick but then you can't go to to visit him so I think that uh, struck uh, a friend of mine who has a similar situation she said it was very emotional for her uh, those scenes so I think with the pandemic that one was already already sad and, and difficult but I think with the pandemic became more yeah that part especially hit me hard watching it a second time when I watched it the first time I don't think it hit me anywhere near as hard last year as it did this year specifically thinking about all the people I know, including myself, who have disabilities and are unable to access the care that they really need mm -hmm. in exactly the ways that you would expect. And I love the way that you explore that within the film. And in terms of the music, the musical choices are fascinating within this film. I love La Vida y La Vida. As you <laughs> it. It's so perfectly positioned. And I just wondered what went into your thinking about all of the musical ideas? Yeah, so I love that song as well. Caio Amon, the composer, created it. And when I, he sent me the song with, with the singer already, and I sent the producer and the producer was like, okay, it's great, but how much will that song cost? Like, we have to get the rights for it. And like, no. Caio composed it, it's our song. And she's like, I can't believe it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, no, I love that song. And our reference was Que Sera Sera by Doris yeah. Day. Yeah. So it was, we were in the set listening to Que Sera Sera. Da, 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 
And then on the post-production, like, okay, now we have to do our version of this vintage song with a woman singing and a silly uh, lyric. And I love it all work from from Caio, like because all the songs are from him no there is one that is not from here that is this bad uh, techno song that is playing on the green party that we found that song on the internet and it was bad in a great way so the editor and it was free like the rights were free so the editor and i was like okay we really want to keep that one the others we will compose but he has no the work with Caio was amazing and we needed songs that the main team, we needed a song that gave the feeling of passage of time, of longing and boredom without being boring. And for me, it's, it's very beautiful. Yeah. The work that he created. Yeah. And you answered my other question about the Doris Day connection because it felt very blatant, but it was beautifully done and orchestrated. And when you look at other pieces of music within it, like even when they're singing Happy Birthday to the Cloud, I'm always fascinated by the way that that fits in with the storytelling as a whole. Is there an overall thought to how you piece together story and music on the whole? Yeah, so for example, La Vita, La Vita, La Vita, we wanted a song who brought irony to the to the sequence, you know, it was this musical sequence when they were like, okay, let's stop fighting and let's make the best of the situation. And then they are doing everything online. He's fixing the washing machine with a technician online. He, she's trying yoga online. They are cleaning the apartment. So it's like this beautiful life in the pink cloud, but it's not because, you know, there is this irony to the situation, everything being online and a lot of people saw themselves as in that scene, like, oh, I did yoga online. Oh, I did, you know, even doctors online. So it was not part of our reality, but now it is, still is. So yes, the song was, was very important to bring the irony. And because it is a drama, but there are small touches of humor uh, in it. And independent, in some festivals, people were laughing a lot. And it was like a mm -hmm. comedy. Uh, so we have this dark humor in it and uh, for example the the scene that you mentioned that people are singing happy birthday to the clouds it is bizarre and comical <laughs> and in the middle of everything it's really magical it's really magical and I really love this film as a whole the way that it explores so many different themes of how people live now is just remarkable I want to thank you so much for your time and thank you for this incredible film. Take care. Thank you, Ariel. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening. And thank you for taking a moment right now to reflect with me on the history of the land you are listening on now. Whether you are stuck in traffic or sitting in your office chair, take the time to look up whose traditional lands you are on now and what treaties govern those territories? I record this podcast on the site of land stolen from the Manahoac people. I am grateful to work on this land, and I acknowledge that we need to protect and honor the history of the indigenous people from other tribal nations that have made innumerable contributions around the world. I share this in the hope that my listeners may join me in honoring our past, present, and future. 
Without this land, this earth, and each other, we are nothing. Before I go, please take 30 seconds now to leave us a five-star review by clicking on support the show in the show notes. We don't want your money. We want your words. A simple RTO rocks my socks expands our reach and helps us keep bringing you great content. And connect with us on Instagram and Twitter where we are at Omnibus Ride. You can also visit our website, omnibusride.com, where you can go to dive deeper into our content and learn more about the show. A special thank you to our amazing editor, William Das. We truly couldn't do what we do without him or Danielle. Be well, be safe, and keep in touch. Thank you.